everyone and welcome to yet another wonderful episode of Peg City Chat with Nat. Can you believe it is November already? I'm still getting over the fact that we're we're pretty much done this year. But do you know what else is interesting about November? It's also National Caregivers Month. And I have someone on the line with me today that if you don't know her, we can't be friends. But if you do know her, her name and she is let me let me tell you a little something about her real quick. She is a best-selling author. She's a TV host, speaker, wife, mom, and obviously a caregiver. That's why we're talking to her today. It is the one and only Lisa Gibbons. Hello, Lisa. Uh, you're the sweetest. How are you? Thanks for chatting with me. I am so happy to talk to you right now. It's not even funny. But we have some important business to talk about because caregiving is a very, very, very important topic to numerous families across the country. You know, it's such a passion part of my life. I was a caregiver for my mom who died of Alzheimer's disease and my daddy now uh, who had a heart attack, and so I, and, and it's become my life's passion to be a health advocate and, and help support those husbands and wives and sons and daughters like me uh, who help a loved one with a, a chronic illness or a disease, and when you're a caregiver, chances are you're not caring for yourself, so you said it's Family Caregiver Month, and the theme is take care to give care, yes. so if you're not putting yourself at the top of your priority list, then you're, you're not able to get good outcomes for the one that you love. So it really is the best way to love them is to get enough sleep and manage your stress and nourish yourself spiritually because when you are mentally strong and when you are physically empowered to go the distance with this marathon, you're just going to get better outcomes for everyone in your carrying journey it's going to be much more successful. Absolutely. I mean, I dealt with my mom had breast cancer. She passed away three years ago. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all about finding balance. And I think that's the hardest part is you want to be with them every second of the day, but at the same token, knowing that you need to take care of yourself as well. You know, balance is one of those things that I think creates a lot of guilt for caregivers. In my estimation, balance is a little bit bogus because it's really difficult to achieve if you're trying to find that middle of the seesaw. So I think that when we are flexible and when we are forgiving, you know, every day as a caregiver is another day to hit the reset button and start over and know that you're going to mess up. But you have a life that you can protect and preserve while you're also giving your best to your loved one. And I think one of the ways to balance it all is to take advantage of the technology. And so for me, with my dad, getting him a medical alert system was really a big step forward for our family. I got to tell you, it was also um, a, 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 a challenging step because daddy was resistant, as are a lot of seniors. He was a little bit stubborn. He's like, honey, I don't need that thing. <laughs> you know, what is he, like John Wayne? He's invisible. <laughs> but he said, you know, I'm fine. He lives by himself. And I finally talked him into taking it as a gift from me and telling him, it's for me, Daddy. It's for my peace of mind. Yes. Daddy had a heart attack, 
and he needed that Phillips lifeline, and it saved his life. That changed his song, and now we've upgraded his technology because now there's something new. There's a Phillips Go Safe, and I'm actually wearing one right now. It's a small little necklace-like pendant that you can tuck underneath your shirt, wear underneath your jacket or whatever. No one ever needs to know that you have it on. But this little button gives you access to help 24-7, whether you can push it or not. So let's say that Dad fell, and we know a third of seniors are going to fall. And let's say that he was unconscious or he was disoriented. Automatic fall detection within the GoSafe would call for help even if he can't push the button. Wow. You can that in the shower, you can swim with it, and wear it anywhere in the country. So talk about independence, right? Yes, and, it, you know, technology is just helping us evolve in this day and age. But there's one thing that technology probably can't help with, uh, or maybe it can. It's the feeling of guilt. How do you deal with the guilt if you're far away? How do you deal with the guilt if you just know you've got your own things going on and you, you have to deal with those first? How do you deal with that? I think that sometimes this guilt is a trap because we fall into the oughta, coulda, shoulda. You know, I ought to be able to handle this. I'm his daughter. I should have been better at preparing mom. Uh, those, those things don't serve anyone. But there is constructive guilt, you know, what I call the good guilt. So if you're with mom or dad and you're snapping and you're impatient, then that's information for you to say, I need better strategies. I need more coping tools. I need a nap. I need to break away from this for a while. Um, that's the good guilt that can help you be a better caregiver. But I, I do think that it is an area where technology can help. For example, if you're saying, I'm guilty because I'm not there to monitor dad's medication. Well, dad has a Philips medication dispenser, and this is a piece of technology that helps people stay on track with their medication regimens. Most seniors have one or more chronic condition. They're taking often lots of medicines. With food, what time of day, did you skip a dose? This will monitor all of that and notify you, the caregiver, if a dose has been skipped, which means maybe something's wrong. So that's pretty cool. That takes away a lot of guilt, too. Right. I like that. So, you know, there's the other piece of the puzzle is the rest of the family. So I know, I mean, there's just my sister and I, and we have our parents. and But there's, there's other families that are really large, and there's some that are really small. How do you keep the family together as you watch your loved ones get older? That's always a tough, tough thing it to do. Tough. Because it strikes at our fears, I think, because it causes us to look at our own immortality um, and we get more insecure. We see the loved ones going ahead of us. And this is whether it's your bio family or your family of choice or whoever's on your team. You know, if you're an only child and you've got other people on your team, which I hope you would have, to help you manage this caregiver journey, um, it's, it's, it's a ripe situation for friction to cause things to fall apart. So. This is a time to have lots of consistent check-ins, you know, um, just to have, and maybe people Skype in or there's FaceTime or you can get everybody around the table and just see that everyone has something to contribute. We're hardwired to want to offer help, but when we don't know how, that's when we go to our little defensive corners. So just to kind of see that everybody has limits. Um, some have emotional limits. They aren't as good as being the on-site caregiver. Some have financial limits. They can't help pay for um, some, you know, treatments uh, or help. Some have limits that, you know, maybe what they want to do is be the communicator and make the phone calls. 
as long as everybody has something to offer, then people will feel validated and you're going to have a good journey and a better success for your loved ones. Absolutely. And I, I guess kind of along the end of our, our questions here today, but the biggest thing, like you said, is making sure you take care of you before you can take care of others. I always, from ever ever since I started flying, I never understood about the whole oxygen mask and you put it on yourself first before you put it on your child or whatever. And I was like, why, do, why would we do that? But now that I'm older, I'm like, yes, I get that. We need self-care and we need to remember just to take the time to breathe and do what we need to do for ourselves. Because if I'm not well, I'm not being going to be any use to anybody to help them, right? I say breathe, believe, receive. Yes. And sometimes the receiving part is the hardest. To learn to ask for help is a very difficult thing because, as you say, we're nurturers and we're like, oh, no, no, I'm going to put that oxygen on my child first. Or, and, and that's not always the best outcome. So when people say to you as a caregiver, oh, how are you doing? Let me know if you need anything. Get used to responding with, yeah, could you uh, come over and pick up my dry cleaning on your way to work? Uh, if you're making that great spaghetti, could you make some extra and drop it off next week? Those are the kinds of things that people feel really privileged that you ask them to be of service to you. And so often we fail to give people the opportunity to show up and help us. Absolutely. We just all need to get better at that. Well, I know you're a very busy woman, so I'm just going to wind it down here today, and I'm very thankful for your time. But where else can folks get some information? If you're looking at what can I afford, what's right for our family's situation, how can I customize all this technology, all those answers are at Lifeline, at, excuse me, at phillips.lifeline.com. But Phillips Lifeline will get you there. Awesome. So you heard that here, folks. You <laughs> Make sure you get on to that phillipslifeline.com and get all the information you need. Remember, it is National Caregivers Month here in November. And take care of yourself so we can take care of each other. Thank you so much, Lisa. I hope you have a fabulous day. Same to you. Great to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.